Hello, hello, hello. It is your girl, Carla Renata, for episode 33 of Black Tomatoes here at Black Hollywood Live. We got some Halloween. We talking about a little dementia action. And we got some stardust from Xavier J. Thomas, as well as some goosebumps, too. Stay tuned. Halloween. This is the month of Halloween, October. I am Carla Renata and you have joined us for episode 33 of Black Tomatoes here at Black Hollywood Live. If you want to shout us out and give us some love, go over to iTunes and give us those five stars, five, 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 and then talk to us on YouTube in the chat room. We will talk back. But to get on with the show. Oh, I for- almost forgot to tell you. Later on in the show, in addition to introducing my guest co-host and my co-host who are going to join me momentarily, we have some interviews that are going to run with Tiffany Haddish, Ike Barinholtz, John Barinholtz, and Meredith Hagnar from The Oath. But until that time, let me introduce you to our guest co-host for this week, who is... Xavier Jamel Thomas. How you doing? <laughs> and my co-host? <laughs> Scott Menzel. How are you, my dear? I'm great. How you doing? Good. And I'm your host, Carla Renata. What's up, y'all? Yay! Yay! We are back. We're continuing <laughs> with the tradition of Halloween. And y'all know Halloween is not my favorite time no, of the year. I love it. Y'all I know I cannot I stand it. the horror. I don't do I the horror. It. That is not my thing <laughs> at all. So um, I'm going to let y'all talk about a little Halloween action because you know... <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see it. I'm not going to see it. But what I will say about it is this. I will say this about some Halloween. Halloween is directed by David Gordon Green. Mm-hmm. Yep. It hits theaters on October 19th. Mm-hmm. And it's been a franchise since 1978 with John Carpenter. Mm-hmm. Right? We love John Carpenter. And it's starring Scream Queen Jamie Lee Curtis, who is following in the footsteps of her dear departed mother, Janet Lee, who was the queen of Scream back in the day with Psycho, Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho. And in this version, Laurie is um, having her final confrontation with Michael Myers, who has haunted her since she narrowly escaped his killing spree on Halloween four decades ago. Yes. Take it away, Scott and Xavier. I, I had to had to had to had to had to bro my eyes a little bit when he said final. Oh yeah, yeah, of course. Final was final, yeah, no way. But twenty yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> well when, when the box office receipts come in, <laughs> it's not gonna be so final. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> so I um I love Halloween. Um Michael Myers is the reason why I have to check my closet before I go to sleep. Every night, just, I'm just. But why are you smiling as you're saying <laughs> that? Like I can't even. Like that's so not okay. Because, but I, I, here's the thing: I I was not a big fan of the Nun, and I kind of I put I put to bed Paranormal Activity movies. And Michael Myers was one of those killers that just killed because it was a Tuesday. Like there was never a reason to why he wanted he to said do. He things. killed because it was. It a was Tuesday. just a Tuesday, and he felt like killing. And so the first movie, I really just loved it because it was just he was silent. He was like a he was a deadly silent killer, and he would just show up out of nowhere. And I liked the first one because it was just very it was just very plain. Like he snapped, which I, honestly I feel like we have to have a reason for everything these days. Yes, yes. He just snapped. And he just, he, he want to kill you. It's, just, it's, it's very simple. It's A and B. And then when he got to the second movie, I felt like it made it even more scarier because it was it was in an open space. It was a hospital, you know? And, and when you're supposed to be, you're, where you're supposed to feel safe, he, he literally just, he made it very clear that he was a threat and that no one can take him down. Now, three, four, five, season of which all that mess, <laughs> we're, we're not, that don't exist. We don't, I don't, I don't talk about that. I feel like that's when they tried to make a reason for why mm-hmm. he existed. But then H2O came out and I was like, thank you. 
Jane Lee Curtis is back. Who? She, that's all we needed. Yes, that's funny. all we needed. And it wasn't perfect, but to me, I feel like she shines and she just makes she makes the film feel whole. Um, then Resurrection. Now, if, now if you had told me that Buster Ryan was going to drop kick Michael Myers in a film, I would not have believed you until I saw it. And I hate it, but it's so mm-hmm. good that it's, it's, <laughs> it's so good. I just love it. And then the Rob Zombie remakes, I like the first one. I hate the second one so bad. I hate it so bad. It just felt very, like, like you were tripping on acid half the time. Like, it just, it was crazy. I, I didn't like it. All right, Scott. Yeah, man, he went through the whole, like, lineup. <laughs> um I, I agree with you pretty much. Uh, I except for the Rob Zombie, I don't like either mm. one of them. Oh, I really? just yeah, uh. I just uh, not a fan of what he tried to do mm-hmm. there, reinvent reinventing everything, giving the backstory, all that stuff. Like you said, that's what made Michael Meyer so great. You didn't have the backstory. That is true. I did just say that. Yeah. So I, I, I'm with you. I thought the first one was, of course, the masterpiece. The mm-hmm. second one was pretty good. All the rest of them, let's forget about them that they even exist. The twenty, you know, H two O was was decent, but this new one is the sequel that I feel like we have been waiting forty years for, and it finally comes back and it delivers the yes. goods. Now, Scott, you saw it at um, Toronto, yeah, yes, and something yes. special happened at Toronto, right? Oh yes, oh yes. So at Toronto, they before the the screening started, Michael Myers actually came out and stood there in a dark screen and just stood there with the knife, staring around the room. And then Jason Blum and Jamie Lee Curtis came out, and um, it was pretty incredible. The thing that I think you're speaking of is the uh, Comic-Con event where Jamie Lee Curtis uh, was approached by a fan who said that Halloween saved his life. Mm. And that he. Are you talking about what Xavier's talking about? I didn't say that. Uh, no, no, no. No, I'm was... talking about when I said something special happened, I meant the Michael Myers thing. Oh, okay. Because, yeah. no, I, what was really special at Comic Con, though, was when that fan came up and then, like, Jamie Lee Curtis came off the stage and hugged him because he was in tears oh, because he said oh. that his li- he would have died. He was like, his house was broken into. Mm. And when he was, like, a little kid, and Jamie and. Because he watched Halloween, he knew what to do, how to how to protect himself. See? Oh wow! And we saving yeah, lives. Yeah, See? it was crazy. I'm glad they're saving lives, but they're not gonna save mine because I'm gonna be watching <laughs> oh, it. Oh my god, it's <laughs> so bad. I can't do yeah. nobody's Halloween. I can't hang with it. I can't do it. I just can't oh. do it. But you know what? I can do. I can shout out some BHL fans. <laughs> Black Hollywood Live is the first urban digital broadcast network in existence, mm. and since its inception, BHL has prided itself on creating outstanding content and all areas from news and music and politics to lifestyle and entertainment like Black Tomatoes that you are watching and listening to right now. We not only give a voice to the often underserved Black and Latino community, which would be us at Black Tomatoes right now. (laughs) We've also provided new hosts, which would be Xavier and myself and Scott, (laughs) with a platform to exercise their talents, and that's not all. BHL has done the same for many Hollywood A-lists, including Lady, oh yes, honey, Miss Oprah Winfrey, who has made multiple BHL appearances and given us several shout outs. Now, the Black Hollywood Live Network needs your help. Now, how can you do that? By subscribing to our YouTube channel, which I mentioned at the beginning of the broadcast. Go to Black Tomatoes and join us and subscribe to the podcast there. Subscribing to our YouTube channel will also help you find new shows, which I'm sure you'll love, but you're really going to love Black Tomatoes because you're going to subscribe to that. And if you're worried about (laughs) any annoying notifications, don't be. They're absolutely optional. So hit that subscribe button. 
right now. It's easy and it helps us continue our work here at Black Tomatoes and at Black Hollywood Live. Let us know that you did in the comments and we'll show you some love on air. Thank you so much for being supportive fans at BHL and for Black Hollywood Live and for helping us take this network to the next level and continuing to redefine Hollywood. Heller, how you doing? <laughs> <laughs> now uh, we're going to talk about Medea Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. No, now we're going to talk about something. So that gave me goosebumps. So of course we're going to talk about goosebumps too. Because <laughs> I kind of love this movie. I saw the first one. Loved it very much. This one's produced by Columbia Pictures. It was released a couple of days ago on October 12th. It's directed by Ari Sando and it stars Wendy McClendon Covey. Wendy McClendon Covey, excuse me, from um, Goldberg. Goldberg's. Thank Goldberg. you. I'm like, I was going to say something. I was going to say Bridesmaids, but she's from that <laughs> too. Um, Ken Jong, Khalil Harris is Sam, Jeremy Taylor is Sonny, and Madison Eisman is Sarah. So this Goosebumps 2 picks up kind of sort of where the first one left off, where the kids start, Sam and Sonny have started this um, company called the Jung Brothers, and they have been summoned or called. And we, we never do find out who calls them to the house, but they end up being summoned and called to this house, which happens to be R.L. Stein's house, and they happen to find the book, Haunted Halloween. And, of course, they open it, and shenanigans ensue with Slappy and everybody else. But um, my opinion of this film, because I did see this, unlike Halloween, which I will never see. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's so good. Yeah, I can't. Uh-huh. Um, so... I loved this movie mostly because of Wendy McClendon Covey. She is freaking hilarious. And every time she came on the screen, her and Kim Jong, I just giggled out loud. The first act of the film was really, really entertaining, kept my attention. But then after something happens with the mom in the film, which I don't want to say because I don't want to spoil it for anybody, I kind of lost interest. And I was like, womp, 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 womp. I'm like, I don't know. But I think this is um, a film that's great fun for kids. I think it's going to be great fun for fun for families to go out and see during the Halloween season. It's just fun. So, you know, it doesn't take itself too seriously and, you know, it'll be fun for the families and the kiddies. I agree. I, I think he, I think this Goosebumps movie is very different than the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's, it's hard to for really analyze this film for me because I feel like I like it, but I don't know if I like it more than the first one. Um, or if I like it less, which is strange mm. because the first one what really worked for me was Jack Black being such a big part of the movie. Mm-hmm. And, and I just, just gave a little cameo. Yeah, this one. he just yeah. gave a little bit of cameo. So like it kept waiting for him to show up. But with that being said, I also like the fact that it was that it took place around Halloween, that there was all these characters that came to life that, you know, Slappy created like this army of Halloween characters. I really love that aspect of it. But the story felt like a lot weaker in this one than it did in the first one. And maybe that's why I didn't like the second half as much. Yeah. Because it was after Slappy brought the Halloween characters to life, all of which we saw from the last movie. You know, the mummy and the werewolf and all those. After they came to life in the store, I was kind of like, Can I ask you a question? I have two questions. The first question is, do you see this franchise moving any... uh, Well, first, I haven't seen the second one. Um, My opinion of the second one is... I won't be seeing the second one, <laughs> but I will. I do. My question is to you: Do you see this franchise moving forward? Three, four, five, six, I, seven. I th- I do see it at least becoming a trilogy. Um, they the way that this one ends sets it up for a nice story for which I think would be really a great ending mm-hmm. to this. I think they should stop at three. I don't <laughs> think they should keep going. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's how I feel about it. Okay, I feel like. 
I mean, and and I say this in the in the review that's on my site, the Curvy Film Critic. I read the R.L. Much to my chagrin, I read the R.L. Stein Goosebumps series when I was a little kid, and they were they were pretty yeah. frightening. They were pretty mm-hmm. scary. That was going to be my next point. They're they're pretty scary. So. I kind of sort of agree with Scott that based on the way they have executed this story on film, Mm -hmm. that it wouldn't make sense to see a four, five, and a six, but Mm -hmm. maybe a third one. And if they tie everything up nice, because basically it's the same characters that weave in and out of all these stories. You know what I mean? I thought that Goosebumps was a missed opportunity. I grew up with Arl Stein. That Mm -hmm. every book fair, Mm -hmm. elementary school, Mm -hmm. middle school, I read all these books. And it got to point where I stopped even reading them, just collecting them because I love the covers so much. So when I watched the show, the show, like you said, was frightening. It was actually pretty scary for a children's show. But the thing is, so they had to consolidate uh, like 20 chapters into a 30-minute program, but they did it very well. I thought that Goosebumps could have been a lucrative uh, deal with having each book be told once a year. Uh, that can be The Haunted Mass. That could have been mm-hmm. Stay Out of the Basement. That could have been... Um, I could have been any story, mm-hmm. and you. It, it doesn't have to be... I felt like Goosebumps in the 90s did such a well of keeping the charm, keeping it kid-friendly, but at the same time, you know, taking you out of your seat a little bit, like making you a little uncomfortable. And especially with The Haunted Mask, that's one of my favorite stories. Yeah. And so I thought that what would have been better would to... You can still have, like, R.L. Stein somehow in there, but I feel like you could have had him do almost maybe like a... Tales from the Crypt type style yeah, with yeah, 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 yeah. sitting and having a discussion about something and then and then introing maybe the movie itself or just every year, just like Saul used to do it. Like every year they could have like a new story out. That way it keeps the money rolling. You have old fans and new fans coming in. Not only that, but you have people wanting to buy the book more. I just felt like Goosebumps 2 felt like we just gave up. Like it, it just felt like we didn't want it to try to give you a good story. It felt like it just feels, and I haven't even seen it. I'm I, really, and I don't like judging movies w- that I haven't seen, but I do feel so like. So you the, saw the trailer? I did see the first tra- The first movie was, I actually enjoyed it, but I my thought was is that, okay, you've brought all these characters, all these books, what can you do next? Right. So with this one, it feels like, okay, it's Halloween, it's a cash grab, which I don't like saying, but I do feel like, all right, we don't know what to do, so we're just. We can't get the characters from the first one back. Okay, so we'll come up with new ones, which is fine. But I felt like they missed an opportunity of really stretching out these stories and 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 really telling the story, like really putting those twenty chapters into that hour and a half, which is possible to do. And and I don't know, just resurging this book because right now, this to me, as I'm looking at it, it just looks kiddish, it looks childish, and it looks. It doesn't look like it's going to scare anyone. It just looks like it's you're there for a good time. Well, I'm going to te- well, I'm going to tell you. There was a little boy that was sitting next to mm-hmm. me at the screening who this child was screaming and yelling <laughs> and jumping up out of his seat, yeah, which actually made me laugh. And I had to laugh at the fact that I was laughing at him being scared because usually I'm that person. So I was like, "Yay!" Okay. We, we went with Ashley's friend who has a daughter, mm-hmm. Emily, and she was scared. She like had okay. the she brought she brought a little um, sweater and she was covering just, her face. Yeah. yeah, I mean little. Ki- uh, that's why I say yeah. it's fun for the family okay. and the kids because the kids. I'm just a fan. I guess I guess yeah. what, I'm just speaking from a fan's perspective no, of no, just no. It's no. Fine. And, yeah, yeah. It's and fine. I want to I want to bring something up. I think, I think the first movie was an experiment because okay, I don't think the franchise like you and I grew up on it and Carla and it's just it's something where it's kind of dated. Yeah, and I feel like. 
it was strange when I saw that they were making a Goosebumps movie. And I think it did well enough that they knew that they had to put out a sequel. But I think even with the sequel and seeing how it did this weekend, they still weren't that sure whether they can do something like you were suggesting of taking each book and like reinterpreting it for the big screen. Mm-hmm. Um, it's sort of the same way I feel about the Space Jam too. I know this is a weird segue. So no, but it's a weird segue. <laughs> but at the same time, like it's like something where no one really talks about Looney Tunes anymore. Mm-hmm. So it's like, will that be successful? And I, I just. It will. I just feel like LeBron's there. He's fine. Uh-uh. <laughs> okay, and moving on. It was. <laughs> All right. So, um, <laughs> this next film is called "What They Had." It hits theaters next week on the nineteenth. It's directed by Elizabeth Chomko and is produced by Bleecker Street Media, and it stars Hilary Swank, Michael Shannon, Blythe Danner, and Robert Forster. And um, This movie is about these two siblings who are struggling with the decision of whether or not they're going to place their ailing mother who's suffering from dementia. She's kind of on the the edge of like full-blown Alzheimer's, um, whether they're going to place her in a home. And they are met with tremendous resistance from their father, who is played by Robert Forrester. This film, for me, had me in the ugly cry. I'm not... What's in the ugly cry? And it was heartbreaking. And this is Hillary Swank's first film in yes. three years because apparently she was taking care of her dad for three years. Yeah. Um, it brings attention the fact that there are dangers associated with being a care, caregiver for someone who has um, early onset dementia or Alzheimer's. Because what happens as someone who is a caregiver, what happens is... Um, when they first start out, it's little things like, you know, not remembering a conversation, not remembering how they get to and from the store, like things that, that don't seem very concerning at first until they leave the house in the middle of the night in their night nightgown in the snow, walking down the street, and they end up 40 minutes or an hour away or in a different state. And then that's when it's... Um, a little disconcerting. I had a friend whose mother passed away from Alzheimer's and he literally had to put a bell on the door because he mm. his mother walked out one night and they frantically looked for her. Thankfully, they found her and nothing was wrong with her. And when they found her and asked her where she was going, she was trying to go home. And home was not even in the state of California. Mm-hmm. So this film brings that to the forefront and how a family dealing with that where the sister lives across the country and the brother lives in, the brother I think was living in Chicago and, and the sister was living in L.A., how they're like almost 3,000 miles apart trying to navigate what to do and how the dad is like, you can't take my best friend from me. Like they were struggling so hard to find a way to, to make everybody happy. But at the end of the day, what's most important is the well-being of the person who's going through it. And I, I felt like this film was directed beautifully. I felt like the script was executed beautifully. And um, I think everybody in it um, should get some love. But I really feel like Robert Forrester should get an Oscar nomination he was for his great. role because he, was, he was really wonderful. And it's also about introspection. Like, it's dealing with the two kids as well, the brother and the sister. And you can see once the movies, once they come together, how they both have kind of, I'm gonna, I'm not going to say compromise, I'm going to say sacrifice. And uh, I was telling you earlier that, you know, we these two have done what they've wanted to do for the sake of their parents to make their parents happy and 
I think what I like about this film is that it's not until an unfortunate event or an, a tragedy that you stop and you have to kind of look back and say, wow, am I happy? Wow, did I really want to do this? Wow, like, could have done something different. And I, you see that a lot with Hilary Swank's character. I, I loved her character a lot because she was really just, you could see her playing back her entire life. And it's not like she was blaming her parents, but it was more so like, no, she was blaming her parents. She, no, let's not sugarcoat that. She was blaming. She was blaming her parents. She was. She was blaming her parents. But she was also Hillary Swank's character was very complex in this movie because mm-hmm. not only was she blaming her parents, but she was unhappy with her own life. Yes. And what she didn't want to do was to make her the last little grain of her mother's life unhappy. She yeah. didn't want her mother to be unhappy. And it was hard for her to be happy because she was in a marriage that her mother and father were in a marriage some turmoil, that lasted. Some inner turmoil yeah, going It was just on. everybody had mm-hmm. their stuff. Like her brother had commitment issues mm-hmm. and money issues. She had a, a, a wonder, was what on the outside seems like a wonderful life, a nice, a really intelligent child, um, a really wealthy husband. Like it just seemed like they all had their stuff together. And it was until, generational. Until they didn't. It was generational. It mm. was, uh, it went from the daughter and you can see the, the, the daughter taking it to her daughter too. Cause her daughter is going through an issue with college. And so I think I like the story because it was very heartfelt. Um, I really loved the performances. I thought, uh, I'm not gonna lie. I even, I didn't tear up, but you know, I did, uh, <laughs> I did have a like, I did. Oh, like, like, let me, Ooh, let me like calm it down. You know, it, 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 I really had to grab myself in the, Oh, Robert Forrester, man. He, especially the ending. I, I really, yeah, really that enjoyed ending takes you for a loop. it really takes you for a loop. It's not something I would, I'm, just, I'm not gonna lie. It's, I'm, it's not something I would invite to my house. Cause it was just such a, takes me back to my own like family. Um, but it was a story that needs to be told because mm. you don't see a lot of it. Um, but I also love when people can start making their decisions for themselves. And, you know, and I hate that it takes something as big as this to to make you think, how did I get here? But I did like the story with the son and the the daughter really looking back and going, wow, the reason why my daughter's this way, the reason why I'm this way is because of something this day. And I love that she felt that they, it seemed like everyone just had to just say what they had to feel right then and there before it was too late. And Absolutely. I just loved it. I, I did love the, this, the, Ooh, the movie. It's a great film. It's a great film. Did you have I did a chance not to see it? Yeah. You have to see it. I it's know. really good. I'm going to go Monday, I think. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's good. So on, um, until, until, <laughs> right before we preview these interviews with Ike and, I want to say Ike and Tina, but it's like Ike and <laughs> Tiffany. I know, it's, I know it's Ike and Tiffany. Let me uh, throw out a, anime. <laughs> let me throw out a little news real quick. So Denzel Washington, y'all, is scheduled to achieve the AFI Life Achievement Award. Congratulations, Denzel yes. Washington. Anthony Ramos, who stars in A Star is Born and Monsters and Men, mm-hmm. is also going to be starring in the film version of Lin-Manuel Miranda's In the Heights, Heights, which was a huge hit on Broadway. Um, John M. Chu is directed, well, is, I'm sorry, is on board to direct and is being produced by Warner Brothers, the same studio, I believe, that did uh, A Star is Born. Michelle Williams is scheduled to play astronaut Krista McAuliffe in the Challenger movie. And for those of you who do not remember the Challenger (laughs) movie, it's the space show that blew up in 1986. I don't know what Hollywood's fascination is with space. I don't know either. It's like the last... That's Michelle Williams. We love Michelle Williams. We we love Michelle Williams and Black Tomatoes. We're not (laughs) booing her. We're not booing her. Um, Janelle Monae has been... um, Is going to join the cast, excuse me, of... 
the Harriet Tubman biopic, which we've discussed on this show, is starring Cynthia Erivo, and that is being produced by Focus Features. And Selma Hayek is joining Tiffany Haddish and Rose Byrne in the Paramount Pictures film Limited Partners. Ooh. All right. So speaking of Tiffany Haddish, <laughs> we got a little we uh, did a little interview with Tiffany and Ike Barinholtz about their movie The Oath. And here it goes. So what made you, Ike, bring this particular film to the forefront this year? Because usually we just get one of these a year. Yeah, well, you know, I think film is changing because I think the world is changing so mm. much. And I think, you know, the best art is reflective of what we see in society. And the America that is existing in 2018 is so radically different from the one in 2016 that... It makes sense that people now are like, oh, I have to tell different stories. And the fact is, is that there's more ways to make movies now. And you could, do, you could shoot a whole movie on your iPhone. So I think this kind of combination of this confluence of events that are happening socially with the kind of you know, uh, relatively easy way that you can make a movie now, I think it just makes sense that we're seeing these, these stories that just feel very current. Tiffany, you got any thoughts on that? I don't know what just happened. <laughs> Looking at Ike and I could see his aura glowing. I said, "Hey, a beautiful person. I'm sorry. Oh, I, it's all good. My bad. It's all I'm good, like, I lost it. I'm like, That's the best like, answer he's I've glowing. Ever heard. It's all good. Are you pregnant again? <laughs> nope, pregnant. medically impossible. <laughs> <laughs> just well, took a jockstrap. I'll tell you about it later on. Not be for long. So at the end of the film, You're you glowing, got- dude. The light is popping on you. Uh, so at the end of the film, you guys share that moment of apple pie. And apple pie is considered the most Americana thing ever. You refer to him as the white Nelson Mandela. You refer to yourself as the ride or die chick. So why apple pie at the end of the film to put that button on it? Well, we, we there was a lot of talk about the pies. Some people said, well, it should be a pumpkin pie because it's Thanksgiving. And I just thought... And I said sweet potato. She yes, said sweet potato. Girl, she wanted to <laughs> To me... Apple pie with that lattice crust looks so beautiful on camera that not only thematically did it fit, but it also just had such a great look to it. So we went with that little apple pie. Mm. And she doesn't even like apple pie. She was sitting there chewing down. Where do you I go, how fun is this? We're going to eat apple pie instead. She goes, I hate it. Right. <laughs> I'm not like apple pie. Oh, y'all are funny. McDonald's. McDonald's. That is what. Hold on. That is the best one. It's like fried and crispy and beautiful. Blow on it first, please, please. What's your favorite Thanksgiving treat? Uh, I make a stuffing with pastrami and rye bread and sauerkraut, and it tastes like a Reuben sandwich. It's the best thing you've ever had, and yes, you are invited. All right, I'm gonna hold you okay. to this. Collard greens. Yes, girl. You know um, how to make them? Joyful greens, honey. <laughs> Delicious. Thank you, my sister and Thank my brother. You. Love you much. Mwah. <laughs> yes, we potato pie all day. Yes, she all was, day. She said joyful greens, <laughs> delicious. Yes. I'm like, well, okay then. All right, so and now we have another one from the oath. It's just oath all day long here, at Black Tomatoes. <laughs> this one is with Ike's brother John Baron Holtz and his lovely co-star who plays Abby Meredith Hagnar. Hey. <laughs> this is so fun. Abby in the film has a habit of going to social media for her news. Mm-hmm. How dangerous do you think it is in today's society for people, millennials, grown-ups, not grown-ups, but you know what I'm saying, older people, sure. to go to Twitter, I Facebook for their news? I do think it's dangerous. I've caught myself being like, oh, this is a fact, and then being like, wait a second, like I, th- there's like this much that I read. I didn't read what was actually happening. It's tough, you know, because like, it's, you're looking at the same medium, right? So like, you can have real news stories and like like great articles on Twitter or whatever, but then 
you can have at Fat Ass Patriot yeah. <laughs> also has the same yeah. type of looking. F- so like there's yeah. it's tough to distinguish, you know. Right. So it's the lines it's, are blurred. The yeah. lines are blurred. I also was saying too, we live in an echo chamber where it's like if you go on your Facebook and you cert- if you like certain stories or certain people and things, you end up getting content catered to what it is that you like. So you end up just sort of seeing the same thing more often yeah. than not. Absolutely. It's dangerous. Absolutely. So your brother yes. directed, wrote, starring in this film. How close is the relationship between you and Ike than the cr- relationship between Chris and Peter? <laughs> Very different. <laughs> we grew up uh, best friends and still are best friends. Oh. And yeah, it was definitely fun to play this, uh, but yeah, I think like, kind of the opposite is what you would see in the movie. We maybe bickered growing up as brothers do, but nothing like nothing like Pat and Chris. <laughs> <laughs> and the fact that this film is taking place on Thanksgiving mm-hmm. is a family holiday, and yet we're having not a whole family experience, yeah. so yeah. to speak. What do you think your life would be like if something like that went down for you in real life? If your Thanksgiving literally turned into a thanks nightmare. What? I think it can bond you. Yeah, I think yeah. I think trauma bonds. <laughs> you know, this was this was born out of you know two Thanksgivings ago after the sixteen election. Uh, we have a big family Thanksgiving every year, mm-hmm. and we have like twenty people over, and the night winds down. It's just our family left, and at the end of the night, it was myself and my brother and my mom, and we were like we are all aligned politically too, mm-hmm. and. Uh, just maybe different varying degrees and we were all at kind of each other's throats mm-hmm. uh, which was n- it's never been like that before trying to assess what is going on and I think Ike had that like light bulb moment of oh my god if if this is how we are and we're a tight right. family what's it like for other families right now mm-hmm. so uh, yeah I think like that was uh, that was a real, real weird moment. thing to experience <laughs> yeah so what is the one thing you guys want people to take away from your characters in this film? Or the lesson you want that people to take away? Yeah. That he's handsome. Yeah, he's handsome and young. John, 20, really? He's 24 he's, years old. John wants everyone to know he he's, has a range of a 12 to... 12 to 24, 24. 25, I can push it. Uh, I, I think that people should take from my character that you should not be that rude at someone else's Thanksgiving. And, <laughs> I, and I think you should take from mine that... Uh, you, uh, even if you think you're right, you do need your family at the end of the day. Yeah. Well, we love that. Thank you, Meredith <laughs> and um, John and Ike and uh, Tiffany, Tiffany Haddish. Thank y'all very much for joining us on Black Tomatoes and giving the Curvy Film Critics some love. We appreciate you. So, um, Next up is one of our new segments that we have added to the show, one of two new segments, and that is Streaming Pick of the Week. And since Xavier is a guest here at Black Tomatoes, we are going to let him <laughs> make the pick, which is... Gerald's Game. Okay, and mm-hmm. tell us a little bit about Gerald's Game. Gerald's Game? No, it's, it's the... Uh, Stephen uh, King? Stephen King movie. Mm-hmm. I heard it's really good, though. It's starring, starring the talented Carla... Jugino mm-hmm. and <laughs> and Bruce Greenwood. <laughs> Basically, it's a psychological thriller. I highly recommend you watch it. It's not horror in a sense, but as horror aspects, it's basically about um, this couple. They go to a uh, secluded house and you know having a little fun in the bedroom. Um, they decide to uh, he decides to handcuffs her to the bed. Okay, and all right now. <laughs> suddenly, he has a heart attack and he dies. Oh, leaving her stuck on the bed. Oh. 
Now, again, I again I love psychologicals. I love introspection. I like when people are in bad situations, and I like to know how they react. And so through the entire movie, she is figuring out how she's going to get free. Um, also, her door is open, and there's a rabbit dog outside. So that's that's another uh, add a little <laughs> twist there. Oh, but through the movie, she is going through kind of again. How did I get here? Mm-hmm. And so you kind of see the story play out. She's kind of she's thirsty. She's hungry. So she's kind of going through um, delirium. And so uh, through the movie, she's basically just looking back at her life, looking back at the situation, how she got here, and the type of person she wants to be when she gets out, or if she's going to get out. And then there is a particular great scene <laughs> of her getting out. But I won't tell you what that is. Mm-hmm. I just need you to watch it. But it's on Netflix. And, and it's uh, streaming now? It's streaming now. Okay. It's been out for, for several months. Mm-hmm. So okay. I'm, I'm ashamed I missed it. That's okay. Mm-hmm. Well, since you that was a very short one, I'm going to add one to yes. the mix. There's a film called, uh, not July 22nd, but 22 July, that's streaming on Netflix. And it is about this... Um, it's one of the worst terrorist attacks that hit Norm- Norway. Why was I going to say Normandy? Norway, <laughs> um, where a lot of people, several, 70 people were killed on July 22nd. And it focuses on the disaster itself, the survivors. It focuses on Norway's political system, which is a whole nother thing. And the lawyers who worked on that horrific case is very chilling, is very suspenseful. It is not for the faint of heart. And it is one of those things that if 9-11 wore you out, you're really not going to be ready for 22 mm-hmm. July. So, But it is worth taking a look at. It's been streaming on Netflix since October 10th. So take a look at that. Uh, so I'll, I'll do one, too. Yeah, um, do, your, do, so, your, do your thing. So a show, I'm going to go with a show <laughs> that I would like to recommend because I feel like a lot of people are not talking about this show, but I think it's one of the best shows on Netflix, is a little show called Atypical. Uh, mm. Season two just came out about mm-hmm. two or three weeks ago. Um, I am not someone who binge watches shows, but this is one of the shows that I do binge watch. And uh, <laughs> season two is great. It's even better than season one. And it, and it leaves you wanting more. So mm-hmm. I want a season three. And it's a, it's a very honest take on autism and dealing with a family member who has it. And showing not only how this kid has to deal with life, but also how his family has to deal with life and showing their dynamic and how it changes uh, from season to season. Something really bad happens at the end of season one, and it's all developed in season two, and it's handled really well. And uh, I can't recommend this show enough. Who I think stars it's in it? Um, it is, oh God, why am I going to blank is on Is it all Jennifer this? Jason Lee? Yes. And I can't remember anyone else, which is Keir Gilchrist. I think that's his name, Keir Gilchrist. Okay. He was in um, the movie with Zach Galifianakis at the Mental Institution. No. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, but this is a really good show, oh, and I is. really recommend it. Uh, and then the the sister in the movie, I'm so bad with these people's names, I apologize. She was in The Glass Castle. There you go. Thank you so much. It's Michael Rappaport and Bridget Lundy Payne, who is the girl I was just talking about who plays his sister, Casey. Cool. So, yeah. All right. That's Atypical on Netflix. Netflix. Starring Jennifer Jason Lee and Michael Rappaport and some other people whose names I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs>
So there's that. So we're also going to talk about our movie versary, which some days I can say that and some days I can't. Today yes. I kind of rolled it on out. But our movie versary, <laughs> I know, right? So our movie versary this week is a little film called Hocus Pocus. And it is celebrating 25 years this year, as is Nightmare Before Christmas, which we highlighted last week, yes. which is Scott's favorite movie. Mm -hmm. And Hocus Pocus was directed by Kenny Ortega. It stars Jen Jennifer. It stars Sarah <laughs> Jessica Parker, Kathy Najimy, and Bette Midler. And it centers around these witches that were executed in Salem during the 17th century who hate children and have now been brought back to life and they're just I wreaking havoc on the town. On you. She's like, I smell <laughs> children. Yes. <laughs> it is a cult classic. Yes. Um, it was, it's a Disney film and Disney has something special going on in terms of Hocus Pocus. They are doing something called 31 Nights of Halloween yes. in which they have a spooktacular fanversary where they are having, I think the special airs October 19th, I think it airs, on Disney... Freeform. Freeform, on Freeform, which used to be Disney Family. Or, yeah. Yeah. So um, that's airing, and um, it's part of the D23... Uh, fan franchise for Disney, but it's called Spooktacular Fanversary. And they're having Sarah Jessica Parker is going to be there, I think by tape, but I think Kathy and Jimmy is there in person. And this this whole thing that's dedicated to Hocus Pocus. So Disney fans that are crazy, cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs over Hocus Pocus, go on out to your uh, TV set on Freeform on October 19th and check out the special devoted particularly to that film. And that is the highlight for Black Tomatoes movieversary of this week, episode 33. <laughs> <laughs> that was a, um, Hocus Pocus was a perfect example of having that good, nice mix of uh, comedy and horror. Because I was actually scared because that came out around the time of Goosebumps like, mm -hmm. yeah, was coming yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. And so I felt like they mixed it very well because there were some times I was like, whoa, what's happening? And I think that was just me being young, but I really <laughs> love Hocus Pocus for having that nice balance. I have to say, when this, when this film first came out, I was not having this movie. Really? Oh, no. Mm. When it first came out, I was not having it. I was like, oh, I'm, I'm so... I love Bette Midler. Mm. And I, let me tell you something. I love all three of these ladies mm -hmm. for very different reasons. But I was not having this movie. And then they showed it over the weekend. <laughs> Scott's no, like, what do you mean you didn't like this movie? No, 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 no. No, no. You, you were in the majority there because this uh -huh. movie was a critical bashing. Yeah, People it, it hated got, this movie. It they didn't understand it, it and it's fine. But what I'm going to say <laughs> is they re-aired it on Disney over the weekend. And I'm like, let me watch Since I'm going to talk about this movie, let me watch this movie. And I actually enjoyed did it. You? I See, did. I had the opposite effect. I watched it again and I thought it was terrible. I actually thought it was funny. I the only thing that it. I thought was a little wrongy wrong was when they did that little dance number in the middle of the prom. I'm oh, like, yeah. Yeah. Or not prom, but whatever that party that was. Dance, I put a yeah, spell yeah. on you. Yeah. When they got up there doing that spell on you yes. and Kathy and Jimmy and Sarah were the backup dancers and I was like, oh, this <laughs> is just this is just like a Bette Midler show gone wrong. Yeah. It was just I, I love Bette I love me some Bette Midler. I Bette love her Miller, to the moon and back. You. I love her to the moon and back. And SJP, Follow me on Twitter. SJP knows I love her and Kathy and Jimmy knows I love her too. But ooh, man. She I, was the best part. She was in Sister Act, right? I love yeah, her she in was, Sister Act. Oh my God, she's hysterical in Sister Act. Well, y'all, that does it for us with this episode. This was great. Thank you, Xavier, for changing for, for joining us. Energy. I know he was like, Woo! He was like you had no choice but to be peppy around him because you look crazy. <laughs> you look crazy if you don't have no energy with Xavier. He's yeah. like, he's You're like, yeah, yeah, that's great. You're great. 
Oh my God. Well, that does it for this episode of Black Tomatoes. This was episode 33. If you liked us, if you enjoyed the conversation, if you liked Xavier, let me know so we can bring him back. Go to the chat room. Let us know there. Go to YouTube and subscribe to the BHL channel and um, give us some love in that chat room and go to YouTube not YouTube, go to iTunes and to Spotify. We're on Spotify now and give us some love there as well. Next week, we will be joined by guest host Joelle Monique, who is a fellow after buzzer. And we will be talking about wildlife and can you forgive me? I am your host, Carla Renata. You can find me across all social media platforms at The Curvy Critic. And where can we find you, Xavier? Stardust app at Xavier J. Thomas and twitter.com slash the really real with uh, me and my business partner, Dwayne Ooh, I'm sorry. Yeah, Dwayne Burke. (laughs) We do uh, multiple movie reviews uh, every day, so check us out. And Scott? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at the other Scott M and visit WeLiveEntertainment.com to find my written reviews and interviews. All right. All right. Thank y'all. See you next week for episode 34. Bye. From executives Kevin Undergaro, Dario Kristen, Tiana Hobson, and the entire BHL staff, we would like to thank you for supporting Black Hollywood Live, the first online broadcast network dedicated to African-American entertainment. For questions and comments, contact us, info at blackhollywoodlive.com. Like us on Facebook, tweet us, or Instagram us at BHL Online. And I am the official voice of Black Hollywood Live, Scipio, Instagram me, at KingXOBay. Thanks for tuning in. Hollywood Redefined. The views expressed here are those of the host owner and do not necessarily reflect the views of BHL or its owners or principals.